When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? Today is episode number 17 of Brave the Wild. Today is Thursday, April the 2nd, 2009. We have five games to review today. We're going to strictly review games. There is there is really not much of news going on right now that's worth mentioning regarding our Minnesota Wild, other than we are trying to make the playoffs right now. Try as we might, but I don't see it, folks. I don't see it. But before we get into that, Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to Brave the Wild with me, Paladino Joey. It means a lot to me, and I hope it means a lot to you. It would also mean a lot to me if you were to be able to join the message boards or the forums on thesportstuff.com. In the upper right-hand corner of the front page of the website, there's a button that says TSS Boards. Simply click on that, and you will be able to sign up. It is 100% free and 100% fun. That is how you can be a part of things, as the membership is always growing on thesportstuff.com. It is exciting to watch, and we'd like you to be a part of it. As we, the slogan on the sportsstuff.com is don't just watch sports, get involved. That is how you can be a part of things. You may also just maybe, if you'd really like to, and if you, if you have talent behind the mic, become a podcaster like us. So it'd be great to have you on board. Do sign up and we'll see how things go. Alrighty. Brave the Wild is also on Minnesota.NHLFansite.com, Minnesota.NHLFansite.com. I thank Chris for being nice enough to put a link to Brave the Wild in the front center area of the website, Minnesota.NHLFansite.com. It means a lot to me, Chris. Thank you always for having me on board, as it has absolutely helped the downloads for this show. All righty. Well, two years ago today... I'm just going to mention this real quick, a side note. My cat died at 17, well, she was about to turn 17 years of age. She had to be put to sleep for uh, a disease in her mouth that wasn't really allowing her to eat anymore. She had gone from being a pretty large cat to a very thin cat, and uh, she was put to sleep two years ago, today, April 2nd, 2007, and um, I missed her, and it was a good time having that cat for that long, a nice cat to grow up with, and uh, I'm going to give her a quick moment of silence. Thank you for that moment of silence to all of you out there, and we will be right back after this. 
here on thesportstuff.com. Get on board the Viking ship with Purple Mafia. We will talk about the new Purple People Eaters and the best running back in the NFL, Adrian Peterson. This team is ready to make a move forward. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com along with iTunes and Mediafly. Simply download and listen to the most honest and passionate Vikings coverage. We are back here on Brave the Wild, episode 17, a reminder for iPod users to check out Purple Mafia, Minnesota Vikings podcast, sportsstuff.com and iTunes. Give her a look-see. More than worth it. All righty. Now, I want all of you to bear with me as uh, my voice may sound a little different today. I'm not, I've been under the weather, and um, hopefully I'm not too loopy today as we got five games to review. So we're going to get right down into it right away. On March the 24th, it was a Tuesday, the 24th, last Tuesday, <laughs> Minnesota Wild went to the Madison Square Garden to play against the New York Rangers. Also, the 29th birthday for Paul Tuniverse Caniff, so... There's a shout-out to you, Paul. Happy birthday again. <laughs> that was a cool night. All right. Now we are going to get into this game. The Minnesota Wild lose 2-1 to one to the up-and-down New York Rangers, who fired their coach a few weeks ago. As I said, up-and-down play. Of course, Marion Gabrick back in the lineup. Miko Koivu out of the lineup. That was as of the game, the 3 nothing victory previously in the previous episode. Minnesota Wild defeat the Edmonton Oilers in the XL Energy Center. But Koivu gets hurt after... Uh, Marion Gabrick returns and has a uh, very good game. Great. Terrific, right? Just terrific. Four-point game for Gabby. And Koivu's out. Oh, goody. But Gabrick was able to score in this game. Of course, he was the one, only goal scorer. And so, yeah, that's pretty much what's going to happen here in a lot of these future games I'm going to review here today. Nikolai. Nikolai, the uh, the king. No, I'm just kidding. No, Nikolai. Zerdev getting his 22nd goal of the year, assisted by Wade Redden and Daniel Girardi. No relation to Joe Girardi, the Yankees manager, but I think that's kind of funny that there's another Girardi on a New York team. (sighs) Five seconds to go in the first period. That just sucks, and, you know, that's just bad news for the Minnesota Wild, you know, giving up a goal with five seconds to go in the period. First period owned by the New York Rangers. Ten shots on goal to the Wilds, three. The Wild got three shots on goal in that first period. Not good, but fortunately for the Wild anyway, at least for the time being, only a minute and a half into the second period, Marion Gabrick gets his fourth goal of the year. Zidlicki and Olechi assisting on that goal. Peter Olechi with Gabrick. Interesting. <laughs> it's interesting to see. Um, but it worked out nicely. A rare point for Olechi, who is still trying to carve out his niche in the NHL, but he's here instead of uh, Ben Wapulia. Oh, goody. Not really seeing much progress from either player, in my opinion, other than uh, Puglia playing a little bit more solid in Houston. But uh, back to the game review. We thought, here we go. Good. The Wild answered that uh, Zerdev's goal real quickly. Oh, Scott Gomez answers for the uh, New York Rangers only 50 seconds later. His 16th goal of the year. Sean Avery, of course, returning to the New York Rangers. Oh, goody. Could have been a member of the Wild. They could use him, but he's not. (laughs) Nikolai Zerdev, assist on that goal. 
So Zerdev, the player of the game with a goal and an assist. Sean Avery, the number two star. Hendrik Lundqvist, who faced all 18 shots of the wild. Oh, boy, or no, 19 shots, excuse me, made 18 saves. What a superstar. No, the wild, uh, shutting down the wild isn't as hard to do as uh, people would like you to believe. It's just not, as the wild puts, only seven shots on goal in that second period versus the Rangers 13. Frustration continues there as the third tree of the Wild get a few more shots on goal because they had to force some type of, uh, they had to take the initiative somewhat, shutting the Rangers down to seven shots, so that was good to see at least, but <sighs> so the stats totally favored the New York Rangers despite the fact this was only a one-goal game, and uh, it was nice that the Wild were able to keep the Rangers to down to, to, to two goals. I mean, that's winnable, but the Wild offense not a factor in the main frame of things. And uh, just... Just the same old story. Same old story. Uh, Backstrom stops 28 of 30 shots. Lundqvist stops 18 of 19 shots. The New York Rangers win the face-off category. Now, this is <laughs> this is very telling of the, the Wild story here, as there's only one guy who can win face-offs pretty much on the Wild for the, in, in the main frame of things, and that guy is Miko Koivu. Oh, he's out, and the Wild lose the face-off stat 35 to 19. 35 to 19. New York Rangers 0 for 5 on the man advantage, so the wild penalty kill finally stepping up again back to where it was against this pretty talented New York Rangers team. Talented but inconsistent. Minnesota Wild power play 0 for 2. All right. The, the Wild's power play is, is actually not that bad. It's 11th in the league. It's, uh, it's a lot higher than some people might think. Uh, it's been high for, for, for years. It's just an overall main frame of things. The Wild only seem to score when there is a man advantage. You gotta be able to score an even strength once in a while, but not the case. Not the case much for the Wild in the main frame of things. Uh, back to back as the Wild stay in New York for one more night. They go to play the New York Islanders in Uniondale, New York on the 25th of March, Wednesday the 25th of March. Marion Gabrick back at it again. Marion Gabrick showing Wild fans, what they've been missing all season with a four-point game, two goals, two assists in this game. Uh, Wild fans got a little scare as the worst team in the NHL. They're going for the number one pick in the draft pretty much at this point. The, the New York Islanders from Long Island were uh, able to get their, able to get a one-nothing lead in this game as Bruno Gervais getting his third goal of the year, Mark Strait and Dean McCummond scoring. McCammond, like Mac Hammond, no, <laughs> Pastor Mac Hammond, no, uh, Dean McCammond assisting there about eight minutes into the first period, and it's like, oh, boy, no way, we're not going to lose to the, the Islanders, too. I know it's a back-to-back, and that's not ever good, but no, we can't lose to the Islanders. If the Wild lose this game, it's over, forget it. We we should just tank and get like try to get the 10th pick in the draft or something, not that that not that not that I have any faith in the Risebrow making a good pick anymore. At least anything after the first round, Risebrow has failed in, in my opinion, as I continue to digress. Uh, Gabby, though, Marion Gabrick, as I said, showing the Wild and and our and as fans what we've been missing all year. About four minutes later, Gabby getting his fifth goal of the year. Zidlicky assisting again. Zidlicky always a factor in the box car. Brunette, Andrew Brunette finally with Gabrick again, and it's so fun to watch. 
to see those two together once again, despite the fact Bruno is not the same guy this year with a torn ACL. Playing with a torn ACL, as has been mentioned and confirmed by Brunette himself on KFAN. Tie game. Good. So, in a very entertaining first period, by the way. The Islanders put up 16 shots on goal. This was their best period. The Wild put up 11 shots on goal. Very entertaining first period. Not as much defense, so Lemire probably not always happy about that. Mietnin on the power play. As the Wild converted three power plays, three of seven in this game. That is spectacular. Uh, Mietnin, as I mentioned, power play goal, Bouchard, Pierre-Marc Bouchard, the assist, along with old man Nolan, Owen Nolan, assisting with exactly one minute to go in the first period. And, uh, hey, it was all downhill from here, baby. Minnesota Wild ain't no stopping us now on this particular night. And in a not even nearly entertaining second period, only nine shots on goal combined. The Wild get four shots on goal. The Islanders, five shots on goal. But old man Nolan, with three minutes to go, able to get his 23rd goal of the year. It's the first time in about four years or four or five years he's able to achieve this number. As looking at his num looking at his career. The last time he got twenty three goals, he was a member of the San Jose Sharks. That was about four years ago. Power play goal, Gabrick and Belanger assisting on that goal. Three to one wild and made us believers we're finally gonna take take somebody out, even if it's the worst team in the league. We gotta beat somebody. And, uh, we, you know, you gotta beat teams like this, and thank God the Wild do. Martin Skula in the third period, only one minute into the third period, then you knew for sure we're gonna win. If Martin Skula, of all people, is able to put the Wild up four to one, you gotta love that. Old Ben Nolan and James Shepard assisting on this particular goal. It was nice to see, it was refreshing for Skula, and, uh, the Wild knew they're gonna win in this game. Five minutes later, Andy Hilbert it's his 11th goal of the year for the New York Islanders, the New York Islanders, and uh, it was just a somewhat of a save face type of goal, I guess, pretty much for the for the Islanders. They almost call them the Rangers, but uh, oh well, whatever. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Is Ender Brunette and Gabrick able to bury the New York Islanders? Bruno getting his 18th goal of the year. Gabrick and Zidlicky. So that was a very effective group in this particular game. They factor in on three goals tonight, this particular night. Three goals, all three of them factored in. And Brunette, Gabrick, Brunette scoring, Gabrick and Zidlicky assisting with 16-11 remaining in the game, or, uh, excuse me, with only three minutes and 49 seconds remaining in the game and about a minute to go, Gabrick on the power play. Since this was just <laughs> not the Islanders' night, as not many have been, Gabrick getting his sixth goal of the year, Brunette and Zilicki assisting on that one. Fun night for Wild fans and for Wild players. Absolutely cool to see Gabrick with a four-point game. It has been a while since any Wild player has done it. Koivu uh, did it a while back with a three-assist, one-goal game. I can't remember exactly when, but it, it's been a while. <sighs> but then the Wild have two days off to get ready for Saturday night at the Settle Dome. Oh, goody. The Wild are like 0-12 in the Settle Dome over their last 12 they were 0-11, yeah, 0-12 now. Wild lose 3-2 in this particular game. A much better played game than expected. I was totally on hand for this one. Not in person, of course, but um, I watched the entire game. Sometimes you take a break and don't watch the whole game, but <laughs> this game was... 
fairly entertaining. Uh, the first period, though, was like, oh, boy, we're going to get our butts whooped. I mean, you could tell the Flames are going to kill us, but but they didn't because Nicholas Baxter was just so darn good, and the Wild were kind of lucky, you know, with some of these, uh, with, with the goals they got. Uh, the Wild actually were really lucky in uh, in the second period. I'll get to that in a little bit here. That was pretty interesting, very interesting indeed. The Wild actually scoring first in Calgary, though, it was amazing. I couldn't believe it when Andrew Burnett was able to get that goal. It was a beautiful play. Foster, Clutterbuck, getting the puck to Bruno 12 minutes into the first period. That was pretty cool stuff. 19th goal of the year for Bruno, and just almost like clockwork. About a minute later, Jamie Lundmark from Fanouf tying it up. Lundmark's seventh goal of the year. Dion Fanouf was all over the place all night. Um, him and... Uh, Excuse me. It was him and John Scott going at it later in the game. Kind of cool to watch those two going at it. Fanouf is like a superstar. John Scott's kind of a guy just trying to carve out his niche in the pros, barely. It's interesting to see those two going at it. It was kind of funny. <laughs> Fanouf was just kind of basically saying, what? What do you want? But, uh, excuse me, that's a side note. Uh, Damon Lankow, just two minutes later, two to one. Calgary, surprise, surprise, right? Surprise, Flames are going to win this thing 7-1, to one, right? No, they didn't. Pertuzzi and Lundmark assisting, as I mentioned. 2-1 to one Calgary to end the first period. The Flames had 20 shots on goal. The Wild had 5. 20-5. to five. Now, I will mention real quick, I forgot to mention in the New York Islanders game, the Wild won the face-off category. I believe it was, yeah, 32-29. to 29. Pretty crazy. That the, uh, the Wild actually won it. The Wild won the face-off category in this game as well. Both of these games are without Koivu. Pretty weird. 28-27 to 27 in favor of the Wild against Calgary. So that's, I guess, why the Wild were able to stay in this game, other than Nicholas Backstrom is just a superstar. And a couple of calls went the Wild's way. Just a couple. <laughs> this could have easily been a 5-2 to two game. Very easily. As uh, <laughs> We're going to get to that, that second period here. I couldn't believe it. Oh, the first one. Now, Starnes, I just couldn't believe it. The first shot, Lankow was tipping in a goal. Uh, they said there was goalie interference. I just couldn't believe it. Fanouf shot the puck. Lankow tips it in, and they said, no goal because they said he was in the he was, it was there was goalie interference. He didn't touch Backstrom and he was if he he was in the crease for a split second and it got out of it in time and the goal was disallowed. All right, cool. I mean the Wild maybe the stars are shining for the Minnesota Wild tonight. So about thirty seconds later, Fanouf tips in a, a shot and they called it a high stick. It wasn't a goal, a high stick when it was clearly not a high stick. <laughs> Oh, and the, the, the announcers couldn't believe it. I mean, the wild announcers were like, okay, everybody stop drinking Kool-Aid. We know those both should have been Calgary goals. Unbelievable. We'll take it. The wild will take it. I mean, this game could have been so out of hand for the wild. It wasn't even funny. Um, this, of course, was after James Shepard had tied the game up with his fifth goal of the year. Oh, goody. Only his fifth goal of the year. Halfway about the midpoint of the game, halfway through the second period, Craig Weller and Stefan Veyu a grind our fourth, third, or fourth line here deal with uh, Shepard, Weller, and Veyu. 
tied the game up, and it was amazing. It's like, oh, my God, you know, our little uh, checking line there was able to tie us up, tie up this game. But then all that drama happens, and in the end, Eric Nystrom does get it in. That's who the other guy was. Nystrom was the guy who should have scored in the first one. He does finally get one in, <laughs> Aginla and Jokinen scoring. No, excuse me, Jokinen. It was Jokinen who should have had the first goal. Fanouf should have had the second. Excuse me, I was kind of blanking out there. I apologize to you out there. But uh, Jokinen getting the assist on Nystrom's goal, along with the hated Jerome Aginla, who did not score in this game. And uh, despite the way this game was going, that was the final score, 3-2. to 3-2. Two. Three to two. Calgary had eight shots on goal, the Wild five in the second period. Calgary had 12 shots on goal, the Wild five in the third period. The Wild could get virtually nothing going in that third period. It was, you just knew we weren't going to win the game. They only had 15 shots on goal, one power play, and um, they shut shut down three of Calgary's power play, so that's good. Penalty kill stepping up again against this crazy, talented Calgary Flames team that I am picking to win the Stanley Cup, despite the fact they have been struggling of late, and they're ranked 8th in the power rankings. I can still see this Calgary team sneaking out with a, with, with the Cup this year. I, I can see it happening, and I'm going to stick with that prediction because that's the kind of person I am. I'm sticking with it. Um, the talent is absolutely there for Calgary. They just need to apply themselves when the time is right. Of course, Vancouver is now winning the division, so Calgary a fifth seed. It's going to be very interesting to see who pulls the Stanley Cup off this year. I don't think it's going to be Detroit or San Jose. No, I don't. Um, I, I can't do it. I think Detroit is not going to win it this year because they're, they're just not. I don't think they're going to win it two years in a row. Their goaltending is not the same, and their uh, their players aren't as hungry, I don't think. I, I, I just don't see it happening. And San Jose always chokes in the playoffs. And if anybody can give up a three-goal lead to the Minnesota Wild. They don't deserve to win the Stanley Cup, as far as I'm concerned. So, no, San Jose and Detroit not going to win the Cup. I'm going to go with Calgary. So I'm going to close that game review. Very entertaining game because I don't hate the Flames as much as I used to. I think it's a fun team to watch. But uh, I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to get – we'll be right back for the next two game reviews right after this. Here on the sportstuff.com, we're bursting in blue with Timberwolves explosion. Timberwolves fans, your show has arrived at last as we bring in a new era with Al Jefferson, Kevin Love, and Mike Miller. We're available on the sportstuff.com and also available on iTunes. Download and listen to in-depth and detailed coverage of your favorite team. Show your true blue and join this explosion of Timberwolves basketball. We are back here on Brave the Wild, episode number 17, a reminder for iPod users. Check out Timberwolves Explosion, Timberwolves Pod, podcast on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, and timberwolvespress.com. All right, the Minnesota Wild play the Edmonton Oilers on the 29th of March, and the Wild win again against Edmonton. So the success rate against the Edmonton Oilers, very cool. Marion Gabrick, a major factor in this particular game. Kind of went to sleep in that Calgary game. Couldn't really get much going. But he woke up on this night, 
thank God, was able to get a goal and an assist. Andrew Brunette, once again, who his numbers have conveniently gone up with uh, Gabrick back. And, of course, <laughs> Gabrick and Zidlicky with Brunette's been a nice deal. Of course, Zidlicky is a defenseman, but he is factored in. in <laughs> these the, the, This trio has been showing up quite a bit lately. Seven minutes into the game, Brunette with his 20th goal of the year, Gabrick and Zidlicky assisting. That was really cool. It's just like, my God, these guys continue to work together very well when they're on the ice together. Martin Skula from Olin Nolan and James Shepard. Shepard's playing a little better, but still, I can't say he's deserving of a number one pick, first-round pick at this point in time. Not been happy with James Shepard at all. Of And uh, Gillies, I don't know about Gillies at all. Very hard to say. He's so raw, I can't even tell you. And um, I'm not impressed. Not impressed. We're going to get deeper and deeper into that in episode number 18, as we're going to talk a lot about the Wilds' present situation and their future in episode 18. Excuse me for digressing. Martin Skula, of course, his third goal of the year, his second goal in three games. Amazing. Amazing. Lightning actually struck twice. Amazing. It's a, it's like a miracle when Martin Skula scores. Um, Lemaire loves him. Risebrow loves him. The fans hate him. All right, I guess the organization's right. They've been right about all the draft picks of late. <laughs> Anyhow, first period was even. Eight shots on goal apiece. Uh, this is crazy when I look at these numbers. I mean, everything basically is the same except for <laughs> the shots on goal in the third period. <laughs> what the heck kind of game is this, you know? <laughs> Nine shots on goal apiece in the second period. The face-offs were even at 26 apiece. Won and lost, of course. The power plays, both teams are 0-3 on the power play. Wow, what a game. What a crazy game. Two teams that are very even in the main frame of things. Unfortunately, Edmonton not even with the Wild in the standings. They're ahead about three points right now. Very, very frustrating. The Wild, up, of course, not, the score wasn't even, though. And after the first period, the Wild take a 2-0 lead. As I said, the second period, nine shots on goal back and forth, but nobody able to get anything major going. It just didn't happen. For either club, Gabrick had six shots on goal in this game. He was very active all over the place. <laughs> the third period, though, boy, the Edmonton Oilers were fighting like madmen in that third period with 16 shots on goal. The Wild playing their convenient neutral zone trap in that third period. They only put four shots on goal as it was all about trying to shut down this Edmonton uh, attack if you will, the shock and awe by Edmonton in that third period. Fernando Pisani. Fernando Pisani with his sixth goal of the year. Ethan Morio, who is back from injury after getting hurt a few games ago against the Wild. That last game when the Oilers shut us or shut us down a few weeks ago. Last time we lost to the Oilers. Moro is back from that injury. Denise Grabshov getting assist on that goal. Marion Gabrick, his seventh goal of the year, only Three minutes later, this was early in the third period, of course. Kim Janssen, Nolan Nolan assisting there. And Ellis Katalik, about five minutes to go, got us all worried. It's like, uh-oh, the Wild may blow this thing. <laughs> Hemsley and Horkov assisting on that goal as the Oilers continued to try to pep to pepper Baxter and hope something would go in, get some type of rebound, something. But it just was not the Oilers' night, and thank God the Wild escape. A game that very easily 
could have been lost. Mika Koivu returning to the wild, finally. Um, he didn't get a single shot on goal. Not quite the same player at this point in time. He's he's hurt, and, and it shows. Uh, but he played good defense. Patrick O'Sullivan is now a member of the Edmonton Oilers as well. Oh, good. He had five shots on goal. So he's always motivated to play against the Minnesota Wild. But, uh, man, what a crazy game indeed. The Wild, thank God, escape on this night. And Marion Gabrick, once again, it's all about Gabrick and Backstrom. Backstrom stopping 31 of 33 shots. Gabrick, with, of course, with two points in this game. And the Wild, with Gabby, stay alive for another day. Uh, this, this game I dubbed. If the Wild lose this game against the Edmonton Oilers in Edmonton, season's over. The season is over because they cannot recover from a five-game deficit with, or side-point deficit with seven games remaining, in my opinion. I know that's only, like, equivalent to about two and a half games, but no, this Wild team does not have comeback in them. They need to win now, and that's all there is to it. Last night, the final day of March, against Vancouver here in the X, the Wild did not take care of business. They got a point, but they did not take care of business. They lose two to one in a fairly entertaining game. They lose in overtime. Once again, for the 99th trillionth time, Pavel Dimitra scores against the Wild, as he does every frickin' time the Vancouver Canucks play against the Wild. Ugh, Pavel Dimitra, why didn't you help us out a little more last year than you did and the year before? Pavel Dimitra just drove me nuts almost all of last year. You could probably have heard in Paladino Live a year ago. As that was my one show where I talked about all three teams at once instead of having three separate podcasts. Uh, yeah, Pavel Dimitri, I called him Dimmy because I didn't like him. <laughs> we'll get to that real quick, though. Uh, or first, the first period, Minnesota coming out with some energy with 12 shots on goal. Got us all excited. The Wild outshot Vancouver significantly in this game, 34 to 19. Very cool to see the Wild as they all played the Vancouver Canucks in this game, and they should have come out of this game with two points, but they didn't. They didn't, and that's what matters most. 0 for 5 on the power play were the Wild. Vancouver getting seven shots on goal. I'll mention real quick that Van, um, that was the end of the first period. Just a lot of action, but no result. No result, and that's what matters most. Second period, Vancouver 10 to 7 in favor. In, in the uh, ahead in the shots category, that is. And doggone it, Pavel Dimitra converting on the power play from Matt Sundin and Alexander Edler. Vancouver was one of two on the power play. So much for the penalty kill when you need it most. Vancouver up one to nothing as the second period was about to end. Pavel Dimitra scoring his 19th goal of the year. Frustrating wild fans across the great divide. Very, very frustrating indeed. Third period, just absolutely amazing. Minnesota Wild played with so much energy, 11 shots and goal to Vancouver's nothing. The Minnesota Wild dominate the Vancouver Canucks and can't win the game. But at least, Marine Gabrick getting his eighth goal of the year. Brunette and Skula this time, not Zidlicky, so Skula, the defenseman, factoring on the assist in this particular goal about five minutes into the third period. And that goal at least got us a point. Because, of course, as I mentioned, Vancouver didn't even get a single shot on goal in the third period. Roberto freaking Luongo was almost perfect on this night. Almost perfect. 
save percentage of 97%. He stopped 33 of 34 shots. Just absolutely amazing. He is the best goalie in the NHL right now, and uh, there's a lot of people that believe this Vancouver team might be the sneaky team that escapes the Western Conference this year, not the Calgary Flames. So we'll see. We will see. I hate Vancouver. I'd really like to, I'd prefer to see Calgary get out of here in the Western Conference, but, uh, we'll see. It could be this stupid Vancouver team. <laughs> As the third period, just not the story for the wild. Minnesota getting four shots on goal to Vancouver's two. Once again, Minnesota dominating the puck in this game, which is so rare to see. Now, of course, the faceoffs were 24 to 24 apiece. So the Wild have really stepped up in that category of late since that new, terrible New York Rangers game. Um, but Henrik Sedin, exactly four minutes into that f- overtime, puts it in. His brother Daniel Sedin and Kevin Bieksa assisting. And that's all that mattered most as it broke all our hearts. <laughs> Minnesota Wild could not defeat Vancouver this year. 0 for 6 against the Vancouver Canucks this season. Serious frustration against our former arch rival. Not sure if you can even call them that right now as they're ahead of us. They're not a great team, but they're a very good team. The Wild, don't know. I don't know what the Wild are right now. And I'm sure a lot of you out there don't know either. Just kind of a fringe, I don't know. They're pretenders, I guess, because they're probably not going to make the playoffs. I really don't see it happening. Um, this was a very disappointing game for the Wild and, uh, that they didn't come out with the victory. They played with everything, they threw everything they had at Roberto Luongo, including the kitchen sink. But it's just not their year when it comes to Vancouver, and it's probably not their year when it comes to the playoffs. And that's what matters most. As I'm still fighting, as I'm fighting this cold right now, excuse me, trying not to snipple all over the microphone here, <laughs> or drool over it, or whatever the heck you want to call it. But, um, yeah, I, I don't see this Minnesota Wild Club making the playoffs. There's almost no chance at this particular time. I wish I had happier news for you out there, but I don't see it. Just this month of March was not productive enough. Not a productive month of March at all. And April, it doesn't look good, folks. Only a few games to go, and none of them are going to be easy at all. I'm struggling to get this page to load, and it and it loads finally. Um, the Wild have to play Calgary again. Yeah, tomorrow. At least it's here against Calgary. They have to play Calgary Friday the 3rd. Then Detroit at Detroit on Sunday. Oh, goody. Dallas is a team with Wilder competing with for um, playoff positioning, if they're even going to make it at all. Nashville, same thing. Columbus, same thing. But then again, Columbus looks like a legitimate playoff team right now. Uh, that's at Columbus. That will be the final game of the regular season. And for a lot of us out there, quite probably the end of the regular season for the Minnesota Wild. is uh, It's just not working out, and quite a shame indeed. Uh, yeah, with, with five games remaining, it's very likely that the next podcast I do for Brave the Wild will be the season wrap-up. That is, if the Wild are not able to make the playoffs. I mean, I'm not going to completely give up hope, but I don't personally see it happening. Um and if and when the season wrap-up does occur, I will. I, I plan to have Neil, Nate Dog, who calls himself Nate Dog, that's his nickname, like me, Paladino, which my nickname was given to me. Um, I would like to have him on the show. I'm going to try to get him on the episode. We are going to talk about the Minnesota Wild season in review and the present and future 
for the Minnesota Wild when it comes to the prospects, the draft picks, the coaching situation, everything. We're going to talk a lot about the Minnesota Wild, the state of the wild, you could call it. Um, <laughs> there's a lot to discuss, and uh, we would like to see some serious changes of strategy, and we wouldn't mind seeing some new blood in management in this organization. It's not been a complete failure, but it ain't looking good right now. It's not looking good as teams are starting to pass us. They're starting to look a lot like the Minnesota Timberwolves were looking earlier this decade when things were starting to get a little stale and um, the draft picks weren't working out and the trades weren't working out and free agency wasn't working out. And eventually it's like, enough's enough. Let's make some major changes. So we're going to have to see what happens with the Minnesota Wild here in the future. Of course, as mentioned a thousand times, the owner has professed uh, con- continuology or, you know, just to keep things going forever. Same coach, same GM as he had the same coach and same GM for nine years in Nashville. Right now, I hope that doesn't happen here in Minnesota. I really don't because it's getting stale. It's getting stale, and I would hate to see the Minnesota Wild, our Minnesota Wild, lose the team of 18,000. I'd hate to see it drop to the team of 17,000 or the team of 14,000. Wouldn't that suck? That's the last thing we need here. As, um, it was not fun when the North Stars were drawing only eight, eight or 9,000 people to the, to the Met Center. That was very depressing. And, of course, we all know what happened after that. I know that's not anywhere near going to happen with the Wild. They're going to stay here in town, but <laughs> I don't know. I just don't want to see that happen. I don't want to see that happen. It's already happening in Atlanta, crappy sports town. Minneapolis-St. Paul is not exactly the sportiest uh, capital of the world here. You know, it's just not. It's not Chicago. It's not New York. It's not Boston. It's not Montreal either. So we're just going to have to see what happens with our Minnesota Wild. Again, Neil, Nate Dog, going to try to have him on episode number 18, should it be the season wrap-up. Regardless of what happens with the Minnesota Wild, we will cover, or I will cover at least, if not, if I don't get Neil on for multiple episodes, I will cover the Stanley Cup playoffs and sit through the Stanley Cup finals because it is the right thing to do. We are going to keep things going with the postseason. Of course, there may be some delays in between episodes because the spring cleanup season is very, very close, and that could absolutely pose a problem for me getting this show up. We'll see how it goes, though. Until then, I'm going to call it a day, and I thank you always for listening. We will talk to you soon. Take care.